What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another week here on Unrestricted. I am your host, Ben Lieber. I hope everybody's doing well. My special guest this week is an expert in his field. His name is Dr. Joel Baumgartner. Everybody calls him Dr. B. Now, he is a board-certified physician, uh, graduated from University of North Dakota, and he runs a clinic called Rejuve Medical in Waite Park, just outside of St. Cloud. He also has an office in Edina as well, where they specialize in non-surgical, non-invasive orthopedic procedures, if I could kind of sum up what their clinic does. They also uh, help people with functional medicine, uh, anti-aging, things of that nature, longevity, all of that stuff. But I really wanted to bring him on because he's the doctor that introduced me and performed the stem cell therapy on my arthritic knee, in which uh, a lot of orthopedic doctors suggested that I am a candidate and I should be getting a knee replacement surgery. And I thought there has to be a better way before I chop off my knee. Uh, and I found Dr. B or Dr. B found me. And I'm forever grateful because, um, you know, the therapies and the, and the process, along with the stem cell things that he had done, uh, really helped me out and get me to be pain-free. So I just kind of want to spread the word, get him on the show, and uh, and let everybody out there know that if you're facing uh, a big-time decision about whether it's a knee, a hip, a shoulder, uh, maybe something going on with your spine or your neck, uh, that there are alternative therapies, and, they, and they're getting better and better and better, and the research uh, is there to back a lot of these things up. So I, I hope that you enjoy the the expert analysis and knowledge of Dr. B. And we don't talk just about stem cell therapies. We also talk about some things that are happening in functional medicine, uh, things that are happening with peptides and other things to increase and optimize one's health. So here is the medical expert, Dr. B on Unrestricted. All right, Dr. B, what's up? Hey, how's it going, Ben? I'm good, man. It's good to see you. It's been, gosh, I would say at least a year and a half. Probably. Two That's, years? Yeah, that means you're doing good. That means I'm doing good. <laughs> or okay. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah. yeah. So so for everybody out there, uh, Dr. B, uh, Dr. Baumgartner is the, the lead physician and lead guy at Rejuve Medical up in Waite Park. And also uh, you guys have a location in Edina. Yeah. And, and full disclosure, you're, you're the guy that helped get my knee back on track. And, and I think this is an, an important podcast because I think what you do um, is not really widely understood and known. You know, it's it's not the mainstream medical orthopedic practice uh, that I think a lot of people have access to. And thankfully, we connected and um, and you're able to help out my knee in a non-surgical way. Right. That I didn't have to go and get a knee replacement yeah. at the time. I think I was, what, 40 years old, yeah. you know? Yeah. So young, right? And that's just it. I mean, stem cells in those types of biologics have been around for a while. Actually, I mean, I've been this for 15 plus years. But it's really becoming more mainstream. And it's because athletes like you are getting it, but it's becoming more common too with those weekend warriors, uh, you know, the dad down the street. It's, uh, but it's really kind of what the consumer deserves. You know, when you think about it, it's, uh, it's, it's time to kind of start doing things that are more trying to heal, trying to repair. How did you get involved in this, this sort of outlier medicine? It's, it is much more mainstream now. Yeah. I don't, don't want to 
promote this idea uh, that it's that it's still an outlier because I think it's very much mainstream now that when people talk about uh, non-invasive, non-surgical procedures they can do for their body. Um, but when you were at University of North Dakota getting your becoming a doctor yeah. and and getting going through all your credentials and stuff and doing all this stuff, was that where you wanted to go? Like, what was what was the the fork in the road for you to say like, no, instead of family medicine or something else, yeah. I'm going to go into you know, I'm going to go into like regenerative medicine yeah. and and stem cells and th- this thing that nobody really is talking about. Yeah, I mean, back then we didn't know about it. It was you know, I, I went to medicine, you know, you know, back in the early 2000s. And I want to just tell people, you know, I, I, I was actually an art major in college. I was creative and I loved kind of creating things and I was an artist. And uh, and then I had a summer experience working in a nursing home, actually. And I was uh, working with a gal named Barb and uh, she had strokes and was just, you know, pretty much a vegetable at that time. But I realized, man, I cared for her. And by the end of the summer, she was actually talking again, feeding herself. And it was an amazing experience. I realized, you know, I don't want to be an artist. I want to actually help people. So I realized I've got a heart. I've got, I care for people. So I thought for me, medicine was the place to go. Uh, unfortunately, you know, fast forward to residency, I did do a primary care residency and it was great treating a bunch of people, but I found that I was just kind of popping more pills and prescribing more things and giving more narcotics and injecting more cortisone. So then I went back to um, do a fellowship in non-surgical orthopedics right here in Minneapolis. And, uh, Fell in love with it. I love being active. I love sports medicine. I love athletes. I love just, you know, physical things. So that was kind of made sense for me. It was like, you got a pain here. Let's see if we can fix it. And that was, you know, late, uh, you know, early 2000s. At that time, there's there's people that are outside the box. And we started doing something in my fellowship program called Prolotherapy, which is really where regenerative medicine started. It was injecting a solution called dextrose into the joints. But what happened is people were which getting better. Which is just better. a sugar, It's correct? just a sugar compound. Yeah. But it's really ironic. When you look at evidence-based medicine, they've done so much research on just prolotherapy. It's got some of the most level one evidence there is out there for studies on knee pain. So it, it does really well for, for pain and arthritis. So the birth of that kind of led to something called PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma. That's where you do a blood draw. And you take the platelets and you start injecting that, whether it's the tendon, the ligament. And PRP really started with tennis elbow. You know, so many people are, hmm. you know, tendinopathies and, and tendons breaking down. And the PRP actually was able to take a platelet, which is your body's healing, healing cell, inject that into the ligament, and the body start healing. So, you know, fast forward, here I am now, whereas it's it's really for me, it's, 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 it's mainstream. I deal with it every day. But for the average consumer, they're like, gosh – you know, I don't really want another cortisone shot. The doc says if it gets any worse, I might have to have surgery. And the truth is 96% of what I see, I don't have to send for surgery because we can do things that actually heal and repair. So it's just technology. It's like, you know, now we all have iPhones, you know, things are getting smaller. We can Skype, we can do FaceTime. And technology is progressing in medicine the same way. Unfortunately, it's not out there for the consumer yet. So a lot of people are unfortunately still doing things that are covering it up and not quite getting to the root problem. Yeah. Were you an athlete growing up? I was, yeah. Yep. I did individual sports, gymnastics, tennis, um, diving, played a lot of volleyball. So I've always loved sports. So when you when you were here and you got to work w- with the athletes and the orthopedic side of things and you saw sports injuries, that's why I was like, oh, this this makes total sense. Right? Yeah. Because cause you probably went through a lot of those injuries. I mean, right. not, maybe, I don't know, like severe, but you kind of understood like <laughs> the importance of an athlete having a body that's not in pain. Right. And I was just like you at one point. I couldn't run on the beach. My knee was hurting me so bad. I would I would limp every day. I was like, oh, another day. And I was in my 30s, and I couldn't do stuff. So I thought, you know what? I, I know how to do this. I'm going to do it on myself. So I grabbed some blood, made some platelets, and started injecting my own Wait, wait. Knee. You did this to yourself? Yeah. Yourself. 
you got to crank a lot of ACDC. <laughs> you got to just crank up ACDC and just rage because it's a little different. I just but, picture you <laughs> biting on, no, a, on a leather that's belt. That's what I do. I you, put in my earbuds, ACDC, just... <laughs> but the goal, I mean, it, it, it worked though. So afterwards, I remember, I don't know, it was probably eight years ago, I was down in Florida and I was used to just walking the beach and not being able to do much. I was like, you know, my knee feels pretty good. I'm going to start jogging. So I jogged about three miles on the beach, got back. My knee was better. And so... When you have go through yourself, you're like, this really works. This is amazing. The nice thing about some of these regenerative things, it's no longer, you know, snake oil. When I first started in my community, it was like, you know, people looked at me like, what are you doing? You know, injecting prolotherapy or, or blood back into people. But now the science has caught up. You know, most places now are realizing, man, this can be done. It can heal. And the science is really good now for the PRP, the stem cells, the prolotherapies. But yeah, just like you, once you go through it, it's hard not to believe that this stuff really works. Yeah, exactly. So let's go back to the prolotherapy. So it's it really is just a sugar solution. Now, is it a is it a bio modified sugar solution? Like dextrose is just seem, something that seems like a food yeah. ingredient. It sounds silly, right? So right. Here's yeah. how it works. So dextrose. So our body has a certain osmolarity, and dextrose is really it's a concentrated form of dextrose. So it's actually about thirty percent concentrated. So when it goes into the joint. It actually has a, acts as a slight irritant. So what it's doing is it's tricking your knee. Say we did in your knee, right? I put some prolotherapy into that joint. It goes in. It's super concentrated. It slightly irritates the, the layer of cells in your cartilage. And the cells like, oh, man, it's really irritated. It's inflaming the cells. So what it does is so – you're pissing off the cells. Exactly. The yeah. cells get mad. And they're like, oh, I need some help. So then those cells say, come help me. They send out signals. The body then sends platelets in their own stem cells to heal. So what they found with prolotherapy – is it's not the dextrose that's doing anything. It's just a simple irritant. It's irritating the joint enough so it's causing a micro injury. The body thinks it's injured, so it goes back and sends healing cells to overheal the area. So, and it's dirt cheap. So we, I've done probably 10 years of missions to third world countries. We go down there, we inject hundreds of people in a week with prolotherapy, but we make them better and it costs basically nothing because it's, it's dextrose. So it's basically like Something in your body with a gigantic megaphone telling the rest of your body, hey, like something's wrong over yeah. here. Like you forgot about me. Maybe I've been damaged for a long time. Exactly. Don't forget about me because I'm I'm still messed up. So they get on their bullhorn. They tell your your body's repair system to say like, send some soldiers over here. Send some medics. Yeah. And, and we need some help. And that's basically what a sugar solution is doing. Yeah, that's exactly. And that's a great example. It sends little flares out saying, ah, I'm injured. And the body's okay, I'm going to send the big guys, which are the stem cells. Your stem cells are constantly trying to heal you. I mean, you've played football. You've sprained your ankle. What happens is it puffs up. It turns black and blue. It gets warm. It's swollen. What's going on there? That's an injury. The body is sending platelets and stem cells to your natural injury. And then what's happening six weeks later, you're running again, you're cutting, you're pivoting because the body healed it. So all these things were just faking the body out. We're saying, hey, you didn't, you didn't heal that neck hard enough. You didn't heal that meniscus. That rotator cuff needs to be healed. We're telling the body where to go. Now it's, it's progressed a lot. I mean, now we're using very precise image-guided ultrasound to take that tissue, whether it's prolotherapy, PRP, or stem cells, deliver it to that little tear in the rotator cuff. We can see it. I can put that solution into that tear, and that can bring that tear together, whether it's meniscus, rotator cuff. We can recoat the arthritis in that joint to get those cells to be you know, more healthy, more inflamed. So it's becoming like precision medicine. Mm -hmm. So in the past, like, and you probably dealt with this as an athlete, right? Oh, my knee hurts. Well, let's, let's shoot some cortisone in there and see if you feel better. That's just that's like a shotgun. Let's just throw it in there, see if we do it. The problem with that cortisone is all the studies are confirming you put cortisone into the joint, you put it into the spine, it actually deteriorates your cartilage faster. So your risk of having a joint replacement just increased five mm -hmm. years later. 
So we're actually doing the exact opposite of a cortisone shot. We're not masking the pain. We're amplifying the, quote, injury to get the body to repair it. So uh, I've had I've had many cortisone shots, and I, and I do understand why in the moment they're necessary. You know, if you're the weekend warrior and you're not, you know, not a professional athlete where your body does depend on how healthy it is for you to bring in an income, um, you know, we use those as just short-term solutions. You know, it's like I, I got an injury. It's it's a Monday afternoon after a game, and it's and it's week five. You know, yeah. and you know we've got <laughs> we've got most of the season still staring at us in yeah. the dock, and the trainer's like, "Hey, let's let's shoot some cortisone in there, see if we yep. can get this thing to calm down a little bit." Um, and and the answer, you know, a hundred times out of a hundred from all of us is like, "Yeah, do it." Yeah, you know, because yeah. what other choice do you have? You know, so the I guess my what I'm getting at is if prolotherapy is is sort of the reverse approach to how to heal, to heal the body. How quickly can someone feel the effects of prolotherapy on, on a natural way to heal yeah. your body? So here's kind of a little secret with dextrose. So dextrose at 25%, it's irritating. It hurts. It, it inflames. It, it causes a healing response, which then goes to the natural, the natural healing response, which means six weeks later, you're a little bit better. Three months later, you're a lot better. And PRP and stem cells do that same thing. With, with, with stem cells and PRP, it's a little bit different. You're actually taking those cells right out of there. You're transplanting them in there. So it has a little bit faster healing response than, say, the Prolo. You know, it doesn't take as many sessions. It's a little bit uh, – it's like a more powerful gun, you know, mm-hmm. to the healing process. The the caveat with, with, with cortisone, I wanted to get on this. So we can calm down things really quickly, but it's what you put in there. And what – the secret with cortisone is it's not bad. Cortisone is actually needed to modulate your body, body's healing. So let's go back to when you, you say you sprained your ankle again, right, mm-hmm. Ben? You, you slipped off the thing. You sprained your ankle. When your ankle puffs up like that, there's a little gland on top of your kidneys called the adrenal gland. What it does, it puffs out some cortisol. So cortisol is your body's natural cortisone that modulates the inflammation. The analogy there would be the body lets out a nanogram dose of cortisone. Okay. So that here's the analogy. So the, the Empire State Building is a normal cortisone shot. This – amount of cortisone is a credit card on the cement. So it's just a whisper of it. Yeah. But when you put a – and I, I use cortisone every day. I don't tell my patients this because they think we're causing damage. But when you put a nanogram dose in the joint, it modulates the inflammation, increases the ability to heal and repair, uh, but can calm you down. So what I could have done, say you had a bad thing in your the, the fifth game of the season, you got four more to go. I could have done a nanogram dose in your knee with a little bit of 5% dextrose, not that 25%. That would have calmed down your knee, wouldn't have damaged the cartilage, would have had the same effect on your pain and inflammation, but would have mimicked the body's kind of normal cortisol puff. So that's kind of high end, but it's kind of interesting. And I don't want to, I don't usually talk much with patients about this because in general, I don't like that empire state building dose. Just like with anything, there's that bell curve. Too much is going to cause damage. But cortisol in the right amount can be very helpful. But it's, again, that normal orthopedic dose is empire state building. We just need the credit card. Yeah. That, well, that's fascinating to, to to hear that your body's already making it. Yeah. You know? the same, almost the exact same compound. It's just the natural form of cortisone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact that when we inject it artificially from an outside source – it it does tremendous amounts of damage at the at the high dose it does. Yeah. But if you if you bring it down and do it right, it's it's great for pain. I, I do these every day in patients' knees, hips, shoulders. They leave their feeling pain free, but I didn't cause the damage. That's the take home there. Yeah. So how how widespread is is prolotherapy just in general at this point? So from like when you started, if you could say it's like 
it's 50% better? Like if is is all the major orthopedic places now offering that or is it still just slow growth? Yeah, most places want to do what's a little bit sexier, right? They, they, they skip prolotherapy and they go right to the PRP or the, the stem cells. But for the average consumer, the prolotherapy is much less expensive. It's easy to do. It's safer. I can train doctors how to do this very easily. We can go to third world countries and spread this great effective treatment all over. I'd say most mainstream orthopedic clinics, you know, sports medicine clinics, chronic pain patients, they're going right to um, PRP. They wouldn't have to. I still kind of blend all three, the PRP, the prolotherapy, and the stem cells, depending on the injury, the patient's problems, and what we want to get out of it. So what would a, what would a prolotherapy session cost? Uh, I think it's about $250 to $300 for a knee, yeah. you know, and for that, that's, that's cheaper than a cortisone shot would be. You know, if you look at, you mm. know, what, what patients are paying with their high deductibles. So um, the cost is really, really low on those. And how, how do insurance companies handle this? I mean, are they coming around to the fact that this is yeah? There's a, nice a few like if you look at more of like the VAs. Actually, VAs almost on a national level are starting to co- cover the prolotherapy hmm. because those guys are treating tons of vets, bad injuries, and they've got budgets, but they can really treat them well with the prolo without doing the damage of the cortisone. PRP and stem cells we're finding at least in Minnesota. There's a few insurances that are starting to cover it, and those are the ones that are realizing, man, if we pay for this. The stem cell costs this, but the surgery is $50,000. Yeah. So some of those self-insured companies like Minnesota Railroad Union and some of those, they realize, wow, what a cost savings for our employees. So it's changing. You know, tides are changing, but there's always politics and medicine and what's covered, what's not. And it's, it's just a, it's a different yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I know when I, when I talked to you before I did my stem cell on my knee, um, you know, I, I, think, I think you mentioned something that was just really profound to me. You're like – Listen, you, you can go down the route because the last appointment I had with my orthopedic was you're awfully young to get a knee replacement. So I would, I would hold off, right? And I'm like, okay, well, I can try to hold off as long as possible. He's like, you definitely qualify. Um, but, you know, you, you're, we wouldn't want to do it so early in your, in your life. So you're just going to have to kind of grin and bear it and do what you can to, to mitigate the pain, which right. at that point in time sucked. Like yeah. I was still losing sleep. Everything I did on it like would cause a bone bruise, which then would cause, you know, a long, a long time of just like waiting for that bone bruise to heal. And it was this pain and throbbing and whatever. Yeah. And then you made the comment to me, you're like, listen, if you take out a joint, that joint's never coming back. Yeah. Like you, you're forever going to lose that body part. And I'm like – God dang, I never really thought about that. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'm willing to part with my my knee joint yeah. quite yet. Like, it's like I knew the phrase knee replacement. Yeah. It's like it's like a word. And I know that everybody talks about like how good they feel after it. Same thing with like a hip replacement. And I just kind of skipped over the part where I'm like, I'll never have my own body <laughs> yeah, part back. Right. Like that's a body part that I'm born with that I have that like is gone forever. Right. Why not use another option? That's non-surgical just yep. to try it. Yeah. It was just almost like, why not try it? And if it doesn't work, then you, you can have a replacement. Yeah. And that's how I kind of position that. And I send patients for surgery all the time, whether it's a back surgery or replacement of a joint. But they just need to be educated. Hey, that's not your end all. You do have some options in between there. It's a matter of just being proactive, being educated, and realizing, hey, if this works, great. And the good news is there's a lot of evidence now and science proving it's safe and it's not going to harm you, but might have a good chance of helping delay that joint replacement. Because, yeah, you were young. Could you imagine you have a, a, a knee now that only may last 10 to 15 years? Yeah. And then you're 55 and you've got to get it done again. And the revisions are very difficult. So you're right. If you can keep your own anatomy as long as you can, it's going to be a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. You've got nice knees. So yeah. keep them. 
I mean, I think most guys would. There's one piece of their anatomy they they like to enhance. If everything else, yeah. they want to, you know, yeah. they want to keep. Keep you it know? the same. Yep. <laughs> keep yep. it the same. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. I have to interrupt this podcast because why? I have to thank my sponsors. Thank you, Douglas and Todd Bourbon. Douglas and Todd is made right here in Minnesota. The grains are made here. The corn and the red wheat are made right in Minnesota, 30 miles from the distillery. It's bottled and distributed right here out of the great state of Minnesota. And guess what? It can hold its own against all of the best bourbons in the world, even out of Kentucky. You know how I know that? Because a couple years ago, they went out to San Francisco, blind taste test, took home a gold medal at the World Spirits Competition. That's right. They put itself up against the best in the world, and they took home a gold medal. That's how Minnesota does bourbon. And you know what? You will find out for yourself if you go to douglasandtodd.com. Find the store locator in the upper right-hand corner. Put in your address, your zip code, and it'll shoot you all of the liquor stores, no matter where you live in this country, where you can find beautifully deep, rich, yummy Douglas and Todd bourbon. Please enjoy responsibly 21 plus bourbon whiskey, 46.5% alcohol by volume, produced and bottled by Ed Phillips and Sons Company, Princeton, Minnesota. I also want to thank Wexford Harbor Insurance, Pat Kelly and his staff. They are there to serve you to individualize your insurance for you and your family and your businesses if you have a business. Look, I, I thought all insurance was the same. Out of sight, out of mind, right? I signed up with a big box insurance company for many years and thought, who cares? It's insurance. I don't have to think about it. It's, it's, it's there if I need it. Well, I was so wrong. Pat Kelly, uh, he introduced me to individualized insurance. And first and foremost, he cut out the middleman. Because he's one of those wholesale insurance company guys where he can cut out the middle guy and go right to the direct companies. So he can shop around. That's right. He can shop around to 40 different insurance companies to find the best fit and value for you. You're not just pigeonholed into what one big box retailer can sell. He can sell you a lot of different things to make it individualized for you and at the cheapest price. And that's the best part. So yes, do we look at insurance as kind of out of sight, out of mind? For sure. But why not have peace of mind when you think about your insurance? And that's what I found with Wexford Harbor Insurance. You can find them at wexford-harbor.com slash unrestricted. You bring up and you kind of kind of sprinkled in there and we've talked about stem cells a little bit. This is something that I get a lot when I bring up that I had a stem cell treatment um, and we and I get into a discussion with, with people about stem cells. Um, I think people forget that stem cells still circulate in your body. You know, it's not just something that we yeah. just pull from a baby or from the, right. uh, you know, from yeah. the umbilical cord. Yeah. Um, that we still have naturally circulating stem cells on a daily basis. Yeah. Your body's constantly healing itself. Yeah, we're constantly healing oh, ourselves. Yep. But, like, it seems like this – this miraculous thing that we've just found and, and, you know, we've got to kill babies to get it. Yeah. It's like this magical elixir. Yep. But it's, if you really get into it, like, no, 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 your, your, your body has it. Right. It's as basic as science you can get. It's, you know, biology 101 is the body hurts, it heals, it repairs to a certain point. Unfortunately, we age, we get older, we have car accidents, you get hit by a football player, you're going to break down. But the goal is to heal the body. And that's really the success of all these treatments is, yes, we can plant biologic cells into your knee. We can put prolotherapy in there to try to heal you. What we're finding now is the people that do better are the ones that live a healthy lifestyle. They're eating healthy. They're doing the right supplementation because it's all a matter of we plant the seeds, but then your body heals, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just starting this little fire there, but then that fire has to take over, repair, mature, 
become new tissue again. So what we're finding is protoplasm makes a difference. It means how you treat your body, how you eat, how you sleep, all those things increase the outcomes. In fact, actually, sometimes when you get somebody eating healthy, living right, half their pain goes away anyway. So we don't yeah, have to do as yeah. much interventional stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this the same thing is, is true with um, the, the whole functional medicine part of, of where we are getting with um, healthcare and and what I experience in my own life with just getting a food test done every every year, uh, figuring out when I, when I eventually figured out that I had to be gluten free because my the, the allergies and the reactions I was having was because yep. of wheat. Um, you know, lessening and bringing down your na- your body's natural inflammation can help solve a lot of problems. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether it's skin problems, whether it's joint problems, whether it's just overall pain, nerve pain. You know. Just changing what you put in your body, yeah. regardless of injections or or certain procedures, can actually heal you. Yeah, and people need to know that part yeah. too. It's insightful, and that's very true. Is the basic thing is is just lifestyle medicine. Everything I do, I blanket lifestyle medicine. That means I teach people how to sleep, how to eat right, how to exercise. Mindset, you know, means getting your mental self, you know, relaxed, getting yourself focused, getting rid of the junk. Then your body is less inflamed, less stressed, and it, it sets you up for that better response to healing. And even just a regular injury. If somebody comes in and they, they injure themselves, you go, okay, make sure you get in your sleep, get your protein amount, make sure you're drinking well. You know, not the bourbon, but the, <laughs> the water. Well, the bourbon every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, it's great. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, but you just do the right stuff and your body's going to heal better. So true. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're living in a world right now with COVID where we're finding out that the, the people that, you know, have – taking the best care of themselves have the lowest amount of yeah. symptoms. Doing some simple stuff. They're doing some vitamin C, some vitamin D, yeah. eating healthy and they're exercising. Wow. Their risk went down by 80%. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, what the CDC just push out, um, was it two weeks ago? They said that, you know, after a year of studies that 51% of the people that are hospitalized for, for COVID are quote unquote morbidly obese yeah. or obese or, yeah. a, or a BMI that would say that they're obese. And it's like- That's a huge risk factor. That's a huge risk factor. Yeah. Then you throw in the fact that, oh, what if they're a smoker? Yeah. You know, or what if they're just an, a 70-year-old that's obese? Yeah. But we don't we don't talk about that. You know, we just want to blanket everything. Yeah. It's like, well, there's kind of alarm bells going off yeah. in our society that like maybe we should take better care of ourselves because viruses and bacteria are always going to be a part of our lives. Yeah. And, and this one's really, the science is telling us, is affecting those that, that don't take care of their bodies. Right. Yeah, it's so true. When I, when I see a patient, I, I partner with them. I say, you know, I'm going to start some stuff here, but you're going to take over. You know, you've got to do everything right to get your body ready to heal. And you can even take it to the next level, right? And you, as, as I'm aging, my hormones are different. My ability to heal is worse. My body breaks down more. You know, there's, there's things that happen to us as we age, which is exactly the functional medicine that you talked about. You know, you're young enough that you're probably not dealing with some of this stuff. But most of my patients who are 50, 60, 70, you know, their testosterone's low. Mm-hmm. I say, well, your knee hurts. Well, how are you feeling? Man, I'm fatigued. I've got no get up and go. My libido's gone. I can't lose this weight. They're female. They're, they're menopausal. They have no interest anymore. So that's all hormone stuff. That is what is happening in the inside of their body that's making you age so fast that you went from 40 to 50 and now you look like grandma. Mm-hmm. There's a lot happening in that time frame that we really have to address because if we don't, we can do stem cells. We can do PRP. We can do prolo. But if we're breaking down on the inside, that stuff's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to to stem cells, what are the more common 
misconceptions and myths out there that you answer on a daily basis with your patients? Yeah, some of the big ones are, man, is this my own stem cells? Is this coming from an embryo? Or where is this coming from? Well, it's all been vetted in science. They've looked at what are the best types of cells to use. And embryonic, of course, is that's that's more for like, can we make you know two goats that look exactly like? <laughs> yeah. That's like cloning <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yeah. We're looking at what can heal our bodies. And you want your own cells. Your own cells know you. They're not going to be rejected. Um, and they're going to be fresh and able to heal. So one thing is you want live, fresh stem cells. And you want them to be your own so they recognize your body, they don't get rejected. And then they've kind of narrowed it down to what is the best source of stem cells because there's a lot of ways you can get stem cells. You can get it from uh, fat. You can get it from bone marrow. You can get it from muscle tissue. All those tissues contain stem cells. Okay, what does the science show? There is the best ones for orthopedic conditions to regenerate cartilage, ligament, tendon is from bone marrow. So most places now are looking to get more towards bone marrow. And the problem, too, with fat stem cells, there's a lot of places that are doing fat stem cells, but actually with the FDA, for me to process that fat, I've got to basically melt it down and use some chemicals in there. Hmm. That now becomes a drug because I've modified it. So then that stem cells from fat is really not even allowed anymore. So really the fresh stem cells from your own bone marrow is the healthiest and easiest way to do it. Yeah. And so (laughs) I'm going to let you – I've experienced it. I want to let you, I want to let you uh, kind of talk through the harvesting of, okay. of bone marrow stem cells because it's um, it's fascinating um, and and I don't think that I was quite prepared for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's uh, it's it's needed, of course. We've got to get those cells out, and so I've, there's a pretty good technique we can do to numb it up as much as possible. Um, yeah, it, you know, the the ten, the pain comes from it's weird, but it's it's the pull when I when I actually pull the cells out of your pelvis, mm-hmm. that negative vacuum. We're not used to having a vacuum in our you know in our, our bone marrow, so that uh, that sense of that achy, deep throbbing is kind of you know something to be aware of. But most of my patients are going to like, oh, you know, that wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be. It's the thought of giving a stem cell harvest. It sounds really intimidating. I mean, we're going to go on your bone and we're going to suck out. It's intimidating to hear about. But most patients, I can't remember exactly what your experience was like. It's like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought, but it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid. To, I'm afraid. Yeah. I, I will, you know, I, I'm, I feel like I'm very honest on this podcast. And, and uh, so I'm going to be honest again. You're probably not going to like this, this, uh, this story or this endorsement, but um, – it's probably because of my own expectation. I thought I was tougher than I was. Yeah. And so, you know, when when Garrett, who's sitting here, was telling me, like, kind of what was going to happen, I'm like, all right, cool. It's no big <laughs> deal. Like, you know, I, I can handle it, right? And and what it was was I – when I felt – and you were, like, so nice, like, okay, <laughs> we're going to do this and you're going to feel a little bit of this and here because a little bit of pressure. It's kind of like when you go to the, any sort of doctor, dentist or something, they're kind of walking you through it. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. And I did the first one in the extraction <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Hello. That was fucking weird and it kind of <laughs> hurt. And then all of a sudden my mind started playing pictures in my mind of like what What's was going, going on. Because I, I could feel you twisting, yeah. right? So I, could, <laughs> I couldn't see you because I was face down. But I could feel you doing a twisting motion. Oh so then gosh. here comes my stupid mind yeah. making these pictures in my head of like what was happening back there. Yeah. And I'm freaking myself out. <laughs> the table's now soaked in sweat. Yours and, and mine, I think. You had some hard bone density. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're... And so I'm like this. This is not <laughs> good. And, and so we get done. And I'm like, all right. And I remember I got up out of the table. And I think we had to go – at that point in time, to go do a blood draw for yeah, the PRP, yeah, to get the PRP, yeah. And so, Garrett, I I must have looked terrible because <laughs> Garrett looks at me and he goes, "You think you need to sit down for a, for a bit?" I go, "Yeah, I think I need to sit down for a bit." So I like, oh no. So I stood up and I immediately sat there and dude, I 
I think my I don't know whether my heart was racing or I didn't have a heartbeat. I yeah. couldn't tell. Like I was <laughs> lightheaded. I was I felt like cold and like yeah. I thought I was going to pass out. Um but I made it through. Yeah. I made it through. So I think I took like 5 or 10 minutes to sit there, collect yeah. my thoughts, did the blood draw, did the procedure, you know, a few hours later and and I was fine, but yeah. It, Here's the deal with you. Can we talk about your thing open on the air? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you have the bone density of an ox, by the way. So that means that you, because you, you know, you're an athlete, all that weight bearing is you have good bone density. It means you're not the, the average grandma who's like styrofoam. So when you were face down, I was sweating underneath my mask because I was working so hard. I think my wrist was cramping. <laughs> I was. I almost wanted to go get – we have a drill too that we use sometimes. No, I was like, no. maybe I'll get the drill because <laughs> I think that would have really scared you. You probably would have passed out. But yeah. I did not use the drill. But you have – it was a lot of work. So I think the fact that it was just your bone density is so good, it was probably a little more comfortable than the average. But I definitely remember how that was. And I've done hundreds of these. But yours was one of the hardest ones to get into. Is that like but orthopedic flirting? That's a compliment to you. Is that way. orthopedic yep. flirting with somebody? When yeah, you're that's a, that's you a have orthopedic compliment. You bone density. I haven't Boy, seen bones that hard for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was jealous. I had bone density jealousy for a little bit there. Uh, well, I'll take that as a compliment. You know, the funny thing is I don't know if this really makes sense or not or if I just really avoided contact when I was a player. But I'd never broken a bone playing football. You're so lucky. You probably, that's probably your bones. You I've never bones. Bro- I have, I've dislocated a finger. Um, and I, and I had a foot surgery that ended up being what they classified as a broken bone, but it was basically just a damaged joint that, that, um, never healed. Yeah. And so I was getting a bone death basically. Like my bone oh, was basically like, necrosis. yeah. So it was like, so I had to go in and shave off the, the dead bone and drill new holes or yep. drill holes in there to, to regrow the bone. So that was like kind of classified as a broken bone, but I didn't technically break the bone. It's just yeah. that my body was just like eating away at it. Um, so that's it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I've got just dense bones. Yeah. I don't know. Or I was just a big puss and just kind of a No, contact. you know, guys in general, they don't tolerate things as well as gals do. It's just we're not made for pain. We're not made for, you know, that kind of stuff. But you're, you, you're not typical, but, you know, people have that reaction. And part of it is too. Some people, they'll pass out just at the sight of a needle. Yeah. Just the sight of blood, you know, makes them kind yeah. of get a bit, you know, wishy-washy. But and, and I was thankful. I didn't, I didn't look at your tools before I walked in. I think I was talking to Garrett when I walked in or something like yeah. that. We were just in conversation. And and normally that sort of thing would probably freak me out. Yeah. Because if I would have saw the it's tools. Not good to kind see of, beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should just keep those covered. <laughs> keep those it's, covered. Like an, it's like an ice auger. You, know, you basically are taking an ice auger back there. A little Smurf-sized ice auger, but that's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> you know, I love the Smurfs, by the way. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you needed a handy that day yep. you know, with that ice auger. <laughs> the ice auger and the drill would have been nice. So what in your clinic, what is probably the most common – ways that you use stem cell because now we can use stem cells for anything like women are using it on their face isn't that correct yeah i mean there's a cosmetic use for some of those things you know we're using you know basically for orthopedics and it's mostly arthritis you know areas where there's large knees uh, or shoulders or what or both knees are probably number one followed by shoulders spine actually with spine we do mostly prp you don't Mm -hmm. need to use the high-end stem cells for spine i mean the prp just the platelets themselves we have some of the best outcomes in the nation just using platelets, just telling the body to heal there. So usually that intimidating bone marrow thing you don't need for the spine. But um, yeah, knees are so common. That's one of the biggest things. It's actually when you look at from a healthcare perspective, knee treatment is, is a billion-dollar industry. When you're talking mm-hmm. meniscal surgeries and knee replacements and everything, it's, it's a very common spot to break down. Do you feel like the, the population for knee treatment is getting younger and younger? 
Or, or is that just something that maybe yeah, I'm Yeah, exactly. You know what? They look at the stats. It parallels the obesity epidemic. So if you look at our stats now with overweight and we're predicting 2025 that 40 to 50% of our population is going to be obese, what's the number one risk factor for arthritis of our, of our joints? Obesity. And so then, it's just carrying on extra weight. Yeah, it's like you know driving your pickup with 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 a bunch of wood in the back. You're going to wear your tires out faster. So it's one of those things we have to talk about at some point is how do we get our culture healthier as a society? How do we get them eating better? How do we get our kids' lunch programs actually giving them an option that's you know not full of you know junky you know carbs and oil? So um, that's a that's a whole different talk. But it's like you know. Yes, we can fix the breakdown of our bodies. Yes, we can do stem cells and PRP, but let's go be proactive at some point too and start creating a healthcare model that teaches our kids and our families how to eat, how to cook together, how to eat together and, and create a healthy society where we're exercising as a family. And yeah, it's just a whole different passion of mine is getting people healthy, but that's part of it is, yeah, we can do all this high-end stuff, but we can make it really basic yeah. too. Yeah, well, we can get into it. I don't have a problem getting, you know, at least touching on that because I think it's, when you're looking at what you do, it's it's a holistic approach to just wellness. You know, if, if I'm just going to put words in your mouth, like you guys are looking at every everybody's an individual of like, OK, what's going on with you metabolically? Um, you know, what's your diet look like? What's what how how healthy are you from the inside out? And we're going to treat whatever joint or whatever kind of ails you um, And nutrition and, and all that stuff is is a big part of that. So when you see patients come in and maybe they're not, they're not coming in to see you guys for. A, a knee thing or a shoulder thing or a neck thing or a spine thing, but they're just coming in for general overall fitness and, and just well-being. Um, where do you common see people with with their standard American diet? Is, is it just that? Like, oh, fast food's bad? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that eating, you know, fast food burgers was bad. Like, it, it, are we that far away in, in our education of where we should be as a society? You know, nutrition is probably the most confusing, complicated thing to even talk about because, one, there's – everyone wants to lose a few pounds. They want to be a little bit trimmer because they know that they'll look better, they'll feel better, they have less, you know, chronic disease. But there's so many diets out there. There's fads. Do I go keto? Should I do Mediterranean? Should I do whole foods? Should I fast? What should I do? It's very tough. I mean, when you come down to make nutrition really, really simple, it's if you're having a bunch of junk, it's going to make your body react to that. So junk could be a lot of things. What's the definition of junk? Well, processed carbs and sugar is probably the, the biggest mistake we make because it's like it's in everything we have. Our kids get addicted to the cereals. They love the sugary things, even juices. My daughter's addicted to oh, juice, yeah. right, because it's so sweet. It gives her a little sugar high. And then, and then the next one is the fats and the oils. So anything that's like a vegetable oil, anything that's canola oil, that's basically everything we do with our salad dressings. You're eating a salad, but you put the ranch in there with the canola, yeah. it's super inflammatory. You feel fatigued. You feel bloated. There's stuff that's happening. So there's a lot with nutrition to get into, but it's basically getting rid of the bad sugars, getting rid of the processed stuff as much as you can. I mean, I love a treat. We're going to probably go out and get some sushi or maybe you know, grab some pizza after this, but right. that's okay. I can do that every once in a while, but 90% of the time I got to get back in the wagon practice some good nutrition because what's going to happen inside my body, I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to live longer. My hormones are going to maintain a little bit longer. If I've got an injury or if I'm getting PRP, it's going to heal better. So yeah, lifestyle nutrition is number one. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I'm, I'm with you. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to act like I, I'm talking about nutrition as if I don't have bad eating habits myself. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a chip junkie. Like yeah. that's, that's my thing. Like I'm not a sweets guy. I'm a salt guy. Yeah, savory. And so if if I was given a choice at night after dinner and my wife's like, all right, the kids want a treat. I'm going to I'm going to get them some ice cream. What do you want? I would say I want some Doritos. Yeah. You know, or, or <laughs> I want some, I'm going to go pop some popcorn in the yeah. basement. Like that's yep. I would rather have that than, than the ice cream. So I know I have I have my my issues, too. But sure. I think I think with 
the frustrating thing with, um, I think, where we're at in this country is that if if you have the awareness and the education and you still choose to make those decisions, fine. You know, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like smoking. You know, if I'm, I'm going to come up with just a, an example, like I think by now we all know that smoking causes cancer. Yeah. Like it's no longer just something to do because because it's cool looking. You know, and you know there was a time where they didn't think it was there was anything wrong with it, yeah. but but now. You know, my kids even know that smoking causes cancer. Yeah. You know, so those ads on TV with this lady with half a face and mm-hmm. she's got to, you know, uh, she's got to talk with one of those recorders. Yeah. Like that shit makes a difference yeah. because my kids are like, what's wrong with that lady? I'm like, well, she was a smoker. Smoking. Right. Yeah. So that works. Now, if you choose to smoke, fine. But that might now be two out of 10. Right. Where it used to be seven or eight out of 10 people that are doing it. I think the same thing's got to be done with nutrition. Like, yeah. at least give people the the ammunition to go out there and for fend sure. for themselves. But the fact that these people have no idea, no idea. Oh, really? The orange juice I bought at the store yeah. is not healthy? Right. Dude, look at the back of that label. It's 70% sugar. Yeah. You know, and it's a right. little bit of orange, <laughs> you know, but mostly sugar water. Yep. It's all education. It's all mindset too. So when I, when a patient comes in, I say, okay, I'm going to help your needs get better, but let's have a little contract here. You've got to do most of the work. I'm going to tell you, you've got to lose 30 pounds. It's going to be tough, right? But do you want to feel better? Do you want your knee to ache less? Do you want your back to feel better? They're like, yeah, I do. I've gone everywhere and nothing is working. Okay. Let's do the basic stuff first. I call it cell health. Let's get your cells healthier. means let's get you losing some weight. Let's get you eating healthier, but let's get your mindset first. What are your goals out of this? They're like, well, I really want to play with my grandkids. I want to, you know, go hiking. I want to do some good vacations. Okay, great. Your goal is to be active and have a better life and less pain. I said, I can't get you there unless you partner with me. Here's the things you need to do. Then I'll paint for them this picture of a little bit of nutrition, get hydrated, start working out a little bit, really low end. You don't have to go start, you know, hit the gym like crazy, but just start walking a little bit. Make those little steps to a healthier lifestyle. Um, and then they come back, you know, I'm feeling really good. I'm starting to feel a lot better. Okay, but I'm really fatigued still. Hmm, let's check your hormones. So I do a little hormone panel. Oh, you know, your testosterone's super low or your estrogen's totally off. Or did you know you have a subtle thyroid issue and that's why mm. you couldn't lose weight and you're so fatigued? So it just keep on diving deeper, diving deeper until finally this person comes back in six months. They've lost 30, 40 pounds. They're walking again. They're thankful. But you got to present – you got to get some hope. You got to give these people a little bit of hope. You've got to invite them to come in this partnership with you to, to get there. And I think it's the small victories, right? I think sometimes when you say like, hey, I need you to lose X amount of pounds, it might seem so daunting. Yeah. And when I say – it. I I think that where even I found the most success is just like, all right, I'm just going to start small. Like, um, I'm just going to cut out cheese this week, yeah. you know, like yep. that's another one of my big vices. Like, oh, God, I love this. <laughs> uh, London Byerly's sells this uh, this ghost pepper cheese that's yeah. like so freaking good. And it's spicy and it's <laughs> hot. And sometimes I can only have a few slices because my face is melting off. But yeah. but I love it. Um and so, like, Everybody I think those cheese. small so little good. victories are, like, what people need. Because yeah. I think when someone says, oh, I'm going to lose 50 pounds, it's like, 50 pounds is hard. Yeah. That's a lot of weight. 100 pounds is <laughs> yeah. hard. That's a lot of weight. You know? It's like, well, you got to do this and you got to change your whole lifestyle. And you're like, man, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to eat yeah. the next meal. You it's know? baby steps. It's baby victories. And it's being, hey, no, you're not Superman. Everybody's human. So here's what I did last weekend, right? I'm at the cabin, just me and my son, Teddy. Teddy went to bed early. I go upstairs. Grabbed the chips and the cheese, made my own big bag of oh, Doritos, yeah. nachos, ate them all myself. Yes. He was sleeping. Nobody knew. Now everybody knows. But everybody's going to do it, right? You have to reward yourself. You have yeah. to have some fun. You have to go out, have a drink. But when you get back in the wagon, know the rules of nutrition. Know that you can't just do 
crappy carbs every day. You can't be eating bread with everything every day. You can't have pizza every day. But yeah, have fun with your friends, celebrate life, do the birthday parties, do everything you want to do, but just be realistic. And so since I felt so guilty the next day, what did I do? I got back in the wagon. You know, I did really well the next day. But don't even feel guilty. I mean, guilty is another mindset thing. Enjoy your cheats. Enjoy the cake. Enjoy the pie. Yeah. Um, but just, again, it's just getting back in the wagon and being consistent with it more than yeah. not consistent. Yeah, I think that's because I hear that from a lot of people. Like um, like even my even my wife right now, <laughs> um, she's she's given up um, she's given up something for Lent. And, and it's like she she fell off the wagon and she's like, Ah, well, I'm off. So I might as well just keep I'm like, well, I'm like, well, you can go back. Yeah. Like that's and I feel like a lot of people have that same yeah. mentality with their diets. Like, so oh, true. I fell yeah. off. So it's all ruined. It's all done. I, I can't do it. I failed. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, so what? Like, so it's one meal or it's one day. Yeah. Like yeah. your body's not really gonna react after one day. Right. Like, just get back on it the next day. And as long yeah. as you just like make sure it doesn't happen every other day yeah. and it's like once a week or something or right. once every ten days, who cares? Yeah, and just celebrate those little victories. You know, yeah. celebrate that that one pound loss. Yeah, don't go out and have the pizza for your celebration, but celebrate right. with a little pop. <laughs> I know, lost some, a pound. Yeah. Here comes the stuffed crust. <laughs> yeah. Yum. Doesn't that sound good, dude? Talking my, about pizza right now. My, my we're all fasting here too. We're all on the fasting. Right oh, now, you so, are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My biggest, um, most memorable feast I ever had when I was in high school because I just ate like a pig. Let's talk school. about food. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I was one of those kids like I, I absolutely was growing at, at the time that most boys grow in high yeah. school and whatever. And I just would have had this appetite. I went to Pizza Hut with my buddies and this lady's like, all right, what would you like to eat? And I go, this was like right when the stuffed crust was coming out. Oh, so and good. I said, I want a, I want a medium stuffed crust. She's like, I'm sorry, we only do larges. The, the stuffed crust pizza <laughs> only comes in a large. And I said, Fuck it, let's do it. Yeah, I ate that the whole, whole thing, large. the whole Man, thing. Ten thousand calories. A large pepperoni stuffed <laughs> crust pizza, and I hammered it. And you still love them though. You didn't get an aversion, did you? Or did um, you? well, I don't eat them now um, because they don't make gluten free ones. Oh, that's but, right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I look back and I'm like, well, that was that was yeah. a that was a, a hefty <laughs> meal. That's impressive though. I know. I know. Oh, so good though. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me hit you over with one out of the blue, um, getting back on track, not talking about food because I uh, haven't eaten dinner yet either. Too. And uh, I'm just going to have to think about what I'm going to have for dinner. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the big buzzwords in the nutrition world is mitochondria. Um, I think anybody, my, my daughter, even last year in sixth grade, you know, they were learning about mitochondria. The they're, they're yeah. learning, yes, exactly. They're yeah. learning about the different functions of the cell, the different, the different things inside the cells and all that stuff. And I think even in, even in middle school, kids are learning that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of your cell. Why, why at this point it, has it become such a focal point in, in nutritional health? Um, and what are we doing about it right now to, to better our lives, to, to alter the mitochondria and, and make it work for us in a better way? So what is the mitochondria, right? So the mitochondria is the powerhouse of that cell. And what does it make? It makes something called ATP. What is ATP? It's energy. So people are realizing, I don't want to be fatigued. I don't want to be a 5 out of 10. I want to be an 8, 9, 10 out of 10 with my energy level. So, But the problem is if that cell doesn't have energy, it can't function normal. And cells each have to play their part in the orchestra. It's like a symphony, right? The flutes are out of tune. Everything sounds terrible. It's a, so every cell in our body is synergistic with the cell next to it. So you need energy. You need power. It has to function, the metabolism, all those things. So the easy thing with, with mitochondria health, yeah, there's some things you can do to really high-end it. Some different supplements. Omega-3 is actually really good for mitochondria. Carnitine. There's a glu- glutamine, different mm-hmm. amino acids. 
actually help the mitochondria become healthier. But in general, you can get all that stuff in healthy eating, nutrition. You can get it sleeping eight hours a day, a little bit of light exercise every day. Um, antioxidants, fruits and vegetables are going to have a lot of those things in healthy protein sources for that carnitine and that glutamine, those amino acids needed for mitochondrial health. So mitochondrial health is a huge science, but it's also just basic nutrition, sleep hygiene, all those things you already alluded on is when you do that, your energy goes up because your cells are functioning, they're synergistic, and then your body heals itself too, right? We mm -hmm. talked about if you can get your body to heal itself, you don't need cortisone, you don't need PRP, you don't need stem cells, you don't need knee replacement because the body will maintain itself and heal. Because the body breaks down from years and years of like micro injuries. Like you don't develop arthritis in one day. You develop that from years and years and years of things happening on a microscopic level to that knee. So you know, mitochondrial health is basically proactive medicine. It's keeping your body healthy on a cellular level. So are we – am I just now noticing it or, or is there an actual push now when I see some marketing stuff out there with nutrition? It's like I keep seeing mitochondria, mitochondria, mitochondria. But like – it's always in, – in the way you're describing it, it's like, well, if you just lead a healthy lifestyle that from all the other 10 to 20, 30, 40 years that we've been talking about, yeah. your mitochondria is going to kind of take care of itself, right? It sounds like it's this new thing that we just yeah. figured out. Oh, the mitochondria. Yeah, like, word. oh, yeah. They're learning thing. kindergarten mitochondria. <laughs> I think you – do we spell it in fourth grade? Was it a fourth grade word? It might Miscellaneous be. and mitochondria. I remember both from fourth grade. But no, it's, it's important though. It's, it's, it, it just comes down to living the healthy life and, and getting those cells healthy. I have a big thing. And like I said, cell health is where it comes down to. Yeah. So what is the biggest push right now on cell health? I mean, I, I kind of – I went way inside the cell and talked about mitochondria. But um, in your world – what are we doing now and what's the focus been on just, just cell health? Health, like how can yeah. you best be healthy from a cellular level? Well, I say there's four elements that are basic and then there's some really high-end stuff like peptides, hormones, all kinds of really higher-end Star Wars stuff we can talk about. But the basic four elements is mindset. That means relax, take some time off. You're going on vacation. It's going to be great for your cell health. You know, take off your shoes, go swimming in the water. Um just learning to relax. The second thing is nutrition. We've talked about that. You got to eat healthy. And then the third thing is hydration. You know, half the population is walking around dehydrated. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not running to the bathroom all the time, you're probably dehydrated. If you're not waking up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, you're probably dehydrated. So drink a ton of water. How much? About half your body weight in ounces. So for the average person, you know, 70 to 80 ounces of water a day. That's a lot. Like this thing of bourbon here is what? This is probably... What, 750? Yeah. You got to do two of these readers, of water, yeah. two or three yeah. days of water a day, right? So it's a lot of water. And the next thing is movement. You know, movement intimidates people like, oh, I can't exercise. Mm -hmm. And my joints already hurt. Hey, go for a light walk. You know, do some stretching, do some light yoga. But movement is essential because actually it takes care of our stress. It gets our mind off our crazy jobs, but it's super healthy for our body and our cell health. So the biggest thing right now is just focusing on getting those baby steps towards getting healthier. Yeah, and I would even say from a from a father, from a dad standpoint, uh, I don't do a good enough job telling my kids to drink water. Um, and and it's funny that my kids will come home sometimes and um, they'll say like, I, I kind of have a headache, Dad. And I'll and I'll look in their backpack and they always have we always give them a little a little water to 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 go to school with and it's like full. Mm -hmm. and they'll be like, Did you fill this up? Or did you drink? like? Oh no, I just didn't drink any out of it. And I'm like. Well, let's start there first. Yeah. Like take a big glass of water and chug that down. And I want you to drink another one here in like 20 or 30 yeah. minutes. Like you might just be dehydrated. Yeah. And their know? fatigue and their inability to concentrate and do their homework is just drink some water, get hydrated. Most of our body is water. Yeah. You know, your cells need water to bathe in it. It's, it's great. And there's studies on weight loss to everything. From those that hydrate, they do better. 
Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I suppose it's probably satiating, right? Like you're not – you're going to fill your stomach up with water yeah. versus You'll eat Doritos. Less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should guzzle water before yeah. you go out to eat for now, sure. Now, my six-year-old has figured out that the more water I drink in school, the more times he can go to the bathroom, which means getting out of class. <laughs> so there's So there's that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got one that won't drink the water and kind of forgets and the other one like lives in there because he's yeah. like, ah, I just don't want to be in class. <laughs> Gotta go. Yeah. 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 I filled it up three times a day. I'm like, that's probably too much, buddy. Like, I like the savviness. I like what you're thinking, but you need to sit your butt in class. That's so true. Oh, I was going to tell you too on the the, the second level, right? For cell health. So that's basic stuff. If you go, and this is going to be more Star Wars, kind of cutting edge, Star Trek type stuff, but we've talked about peptides, you and I before. Mm -hmm. So, what is a peptide? You know, peptide is something you can do to have a biologic influence on the body. It kind of goes right down that realm of functional medicine. So as we age, unfortunately, our bodies start to break down. But there's things we can do to have a biologic influence on the body to turn back the clock. And it can affect anything from mindset to mentality, decreasing your risk of dementia, to anytime we do stem cells now, we actually do peptides with our stem cells. This is probably oh, since you were there. Yeah, so yeah. one thing we use is one thing called BPC-157. It's a natural peptide. The gut makes it all the time. It's a natural peptide to, from your stomach lining. But what it does is when you take it, you can take it orally too. It doesn't have to be injected. But you take BPC-157, your body heals that much faster. Hmm. And so I I work out all the time. I'm always getting, quote, micro injuries from my workouts. But the BPC-157 helps me to heal faster after those. So the thought there is if we're going to do these micro injuries with stem cells or PRP, do the the peptides and you're going to heal that much faster. And since we started doing that over the last couple of years, again, our outcomes were good. But now when you start getting some peptides, maximizing those hormones, people just heal really, really well. So, again, it's a little bit more of a science to this is how do you tweak the body to repair Again, it gets a bell curve without causing any side effects that you don't want. But there's things you can do to kind of micro-tweak the body to get it to heal even better. And so to, so to, to back up a little bit, a peptide is just an amino acid. It's a string of amino acids strung together. So examples of peptides would be insulin. We've all had friends that are diabetic or your body uses insulin to process sugars. That's a type of a peptide. It has anywhere from 15 up to about 60 amino acids put together. Another really well-known peptide is growth hormone. You know, when we're young, we grow because our body creates growth hormone, helps us develop, helps us mature. And actually, as we age, we age faster because our body makes less growth hormone. So growth hormone is a big one. You know, to maximize your body's ability to make growth hormone, you'll live longer, have less injuries and be better. But there's probably about 30, 40 different peptides you can use whether you want to modulate your sleep, you want to heal better, hmm. you want to think and have a, a, a better brain. For example, NFL, how many concussions are there in the NFL? It's it's unfortunately happening all the time. And probably people don't even know they're getting them when they get their bell rung. Oh, I got a subtle, oh, just a little headache. But the problem is the brain then gets inflammation in there. There's peptides you can do, even just little nasal sprays that get absorbed behind the back of the nose that go to the brain really? and cause the brain to decrease the inflammation. So things you can do with concussions, head injuries, um, it's pretty amazing. It's kind of like the next frontier to medicine is what can we do to modulate as opposed to more medications that can have some negative side effects. The nice thing about a peptide is most of them are naturally occurring in our bodies. So when you do the peptide either orally or injected, by like, oh, I know what that is. The peptide is like a key. It goes into the little cell, talking about cell modulation, and then goes click, tells that cell to either be healthier or be less inflamed or to grow more, you know, get more muscle mass or to decrease this. So it's pretty neat. We're getting these little biologic keys where we can kind of start tweaking things even more. It's really, really neat. So when you talk about um, like the nasal spray, you, you know, is is that something that the NFL, the NCAA – 
Like, are are they aware of of that this could be a way that after a game it's almost like normal protocol? Yeah, like, I mean, is there science and studies? I think and, with you know NFL Olympics, yet? yeah, there's there's probably enough uh, evidence out there that it's safe. I think when you get to NFL Olympics is the performance enhancing part of that because yes, if you do a peptide that makes you heal faster, it will be performance enhancing because your body's going to have less injury. You can you can go bench press every single day and you're going to make gains as opposed to you know weight training. Yeah, you give yourself a couple of days off and then but with these types of things you can really maximize your outcomes. So I think it'll be a while before that stuff's maybe mainstream. Um, but when it comes to brain inflammation, but with I mean, that, that's a little different story because a lot of that stuff is just actually inhaled different B vitamins, B twelve, uh, and some other in- inhaled. Yeah, so that actually might be something that could be used by some of those higher end places to decrease their long term side effects and possibly get those NFL athletes back into play faster. And like you said, it's all about contracts. It's all about you know if I'm on a contract, I've got to play football. But what can we do to get those players back in safely, but still looking at their brain health and do it wisely? So they're yeah. not living in their 50s thinking, man, I can't even remember where I parked my car. You know, that's some serious stuff. Yeah. Well, but, it, you know, even if it's one of those things where, you know, we're getting to a point now with with medical cannabis and what cannabis can do to inflammation in your body and what it can do in your brain. That science is starting to come around to athletes in the NFL in particular. And they're 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 asking for the researchers around the country to, to flood them with information like, okay, we understand that this is a thing. Um, let's make sure that it's safe. And, and like anything else, let's, what, why wouldn't it, why couldn't it just be, we're not going to just give this out to guys on a daily basis, but if a guy gets his bell rung and we classify him with a concussion, why shouldn't that be a, at least an option? Oh, for sure. Say, <clears throat> you know, Hey, hey, Johnny, uh, you got your bell rung today. Uh, you know, you can do nothing and just do what you normally do, or you can do this specially prescribed cannabis, whatever strain it is that helps with your brain inflammation. Well, let's take that for two or three days or this week. Or here's a peptide nasal spray that you can use that's been proven. At, you right. know, like that, that's the, the point where why, we, we got to get there a lot faster than we're, we're doing right now because – the NFL has been beating its head against this cannabis thing for way too long. Yeah. It's like just open your fucking eyes. Like yeah. people you – know, guys yeah. are doing it. So decriminalize it first right. of all within your within your system and and make it available, right. you know, so guys can use it to heal. Because, hey, if we're going to if we're going to heal faster, we're going to give you a better product on the field. Right. Exactly. So, so why wouldn't you and do And if it's that? safe and if it doesn't it's – it's not cheating. Then it's not performance enhancing at all. So why not do it? And I think you're right. It comes down to the research. It comes down to the fact that we have to make sure it's safe. And with peptides too, this is – start out as bro science, right? It's the guys in the 80s that were doing some peptides and we're like, wow, I'm getting some great gains in the gym. So a lot of this peptide stuff started at bro science. It's like the guys are selling it back and forth. It was kind of on the black market kind of stuff. But now that it's becoming more medical, like, wait a second, just like, you know, marijuana, that was the black market forever. But now mm-hmm. we're finding, wait a second, there's medical reasons to use this that are appropriate if done in the right way. So peptides are going to be a few years down the road. It's relatively new. We can use it from a medical perspective. Um, but it's one of those things, too. It's got to be monitored. You got to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. You got to make sure that we aren't doing something that's going to be harmful. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited about this next year, this next year, because we're making some relationships with some really great places that do research. So our goal at our clinic is to start doing a lot of research in a lot of these things, whether it's the peptides, whether it's the the PRP, whether it's the different lifestyle stuff, and actually just taking the science to the next level so we can say, no, it's safe, it's effective, it works, and it's actually pretty cheap compared to all the other stuff. So it's a pretty exciting year. A, a lot of this stuff sort of leads down this this one tunnel that just screams to me longevity. 
right? Longevity, longevity, longevity. Like in your mind, if if all this science is true and it's not just sort of Star Wars and stuff that's like way out there in fantasy land and all this research comes back and said, yeah, at the right dosage and under the right right guidance, like we can heal this, we can fix this, we can do this naturally, we can trick your body into like fixing it. Like how far down this tunnel do you think that we can go in life? Like do you think that we could – Increase life expectancy 10 years, yeah. 20 years. You know, do you think someone's going to live to 150? Yeah. So I read a book over this last week and it was on the, you know, people, populations that live to 100. What's their secret? How do you live to 100? Because that's a big deal. Yeah. So you look at all these populations that live to 100 and here's the secrets to living to 100. You want to know? Yeah. First thing is relationships, having friends, being relaxed, having a good family life. So... It make we talked about mindset. When you have good relationships, you have a good family life. You have your own. You 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 support each other. And one thing that's really cool in these cultures, our culture is different. Once you're 65, your grandpa, you have no value anymore. Go to the nursing home. It's been fun having you around. In those cultures, they celebrate age. They're wiser. Oh. They look to their elders for wisdom, and they're part of the community that's so well respected. So the first one is respecting elders, and being and celebrating the age. Right? We we tend to want to look younger, feel younger, hide our age, yeah. do all those things. So they celebrate age. Number two, most of those lifestyles are really based around healthy, natural eating. So like for you, know those, know those guys are doing gluten. They're, most of those lifestyles is a lot of, you know, by the sea, they're doing a lot of fish, getting their mega-3s. They're sustaining their own crops. So a lot of organic, no fertilizers, clean eating, mm-hmm. um, lots of fruits and vegetables. Some of the cultures are eating fermented foods. So they're finding that fermented foods, those probiotics, fermented goat milk, all this crazy stuff makes them live longer. So Kimchi. Yeah. I grew up with kimchi. Kombucha. Yeah, you do because that's your yeah, background. Yeah, and, and my I mom's love, Korean. Yeah. She just, you know, I had kimchi on the table every single meal. We should do Korean tonight. That big side <laughs> of the fermented appetizers. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So the lifestyle stuff. So lifestyle is number one. If you're eating, and then the other thing is they, they, they tend to live in these villages where they hike to their friend's house who lives three miles away. They're 100 years old, but they get there and their bodies are amazing. They're ripped. They're lean. So body mass index, getting the obesity, you know, that's part of it is we're not going to live to 100 if you have too much adipose. Right. So that is just the lifestyle stuff. But then you're taking it to the next level, right? We can take biologics and I can keep, I can keep your hormones at the age of 40 as long as I want to by doing a good natural way to do that. We're not talking a lot of chemicals. We're not talking unsafe things, but a natural level like you were when you were 30 when there was no risk of prostate cancer. Your colon cancer risk was almost nil. That's the hormones. And the peptides is really the fine-tuning. Okay, I want to fine-tune my sleep a little bit. I can't get in deep sleep, so I'm wearing a bio ring. It tells me I don't get deep sleep, right? So I can do a peptide to get my body to get into that deep REM sleep that replenishes my body. I heal while I'm sleeping. So this is a whole different story, but what about the technical stuff we can do with BioWares and tracking our, our sleep rhythms? And the science is so fun when it comes to what well, you're talking about anti-aging medicine is we can really in genetic testing. So all of our patients now will get genetic tested so I can tell them, you know, based on what you want in your genetics, mm-hmm. the keto is not good for you because you could actually get high cholesterol and get a plaque in your artery by going keto. Or I can say, man, based on your genetics, you really need more vegetables because you don't oxidize things well. You mm. need more antioxidants. So genetic testing is the next thing. So I think you're right. We can expand our lifespan probably by 20, 30 years. So the average now is maybe 70. I think if you start doing the stuff we're talking about and you'll see where medicine is, the pendulum is swinging, you're going to have a lot more Americans living to 100. But the good news is they're going to live to 100. They're going to be spry. They're going to be sexually active. And then they'll probably just die happy. So the good news is you're not going to die in the nursing home and have those 10 years of my brain is going away. Then I can't remember my grandkids, all those sad stories. We're going to live healthy. 
be have super fun, have great vacations, and then we're going to die and life was good. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting where things are going with medicine. You know, of all the things that you've said, the one that sticks in my head is most profound is sexually active at a, at 100. Yeah. Like that's the goal. Could you imagine? I mean, that's, that's it. That's the goal. I and mean, you're burning you, calories too. So talking about weight loss, how, there's yeah. no better way to do it. <laughs> if, if, if you're, I, I don't know, your tagline, Mom. your tagline every juve should be something along the lines of like, we can keep you sexually active at 100. <laughs> you know? Like, that would sell. That yeah. Would, that would sell. Like it wouldn't be like- it's. Keep your body parts or, hey, we can fix your sleep your sleep problems or whatever. Like if you want to have sex at 100, yeah. come to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point though. Sexual activity correlates with longevity as well. These cultures, when you read, you read about these cultures, they are sexually active into their 90s. The 90-year-olds are flirting with the 30-year-olds because they can still do that. And that's a gauge of your health too. If that's working, the ups and downs, that means you've got good vascularity. It means your blood flow is good. You're not getting plaques in your arteries. If you start getting the erectile dysfunction, which is something people can talk about, that happens to guys in the mm-hmm. 30s and 40s. A lot of it's the psychology. It's stressful lifestyles. They're trying to climb that corporate ladder. They're sympathetically stressed. You need parasympathetic stimulation for that erection to happen. But again, it's the lifestyle. It's the mitochondria. It's the blood flow. So that's a good example of, of, of a good test you could take to see if you've got longevity. I, see, I, you, my wife needs to hear this because she has to play ball. You know, like, hey, if you want me to live longer, you've got to give it up more. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe she doesn't want you to live longer. I, Have you ever be, thought oh about God, that? Maybe that's maybe this. She might the, be smarter than you think. Yeah, this is like the yeah. slow burn to my death, you <laughs> yeah. know? I know all, yeah. all the guys that I hang out with are like, come on, can we like, come on wives. Like, yeah. you know, we've, especially in the pandemics, like, okay, we see each other every day. Yeah. Like, we're, we're losing <laughs> the luster That's true. here. I know. Yeah. Um, the one thing uh, as we kind of wind this down is, dude, I don't get enough sleep and it's not like I don't try. Yeah. There's, there is something going on with me lately. I would say probably in the last four or five months where I don't want to chalk it up to just, oh, I'm getting older and people that sound, you know, I'm, I'm under this idea that like, oh, as people get older, they don't sleep as much yeah. at night. They might take a nap during the day, but like they don't sleep as long during the night. You know, I wear a watch too that, that tells me, you know, my sleep habits and what I'm doing and I'm constantly failing. Yeah. Like I put my sleep, my recommended sleep at seven hours. Like I think seven hours for me is perfect. It's yeah. like, I don't, I don't wake up groggy. I wake up ready to go. And I'm constantly failing. And I'll look at my watch in the morning. It's like um, my, art, my my REM sleep was terrible. I had yep. a lot of interruptions. And like I'll get up to go to the bathroom at, let's say, 5.30. You know, my, let's say my alarm set for 6.30, yep. 6.45. I won't go back to sleep. Yeah. It's like my mind starts racing. And I just start thinking about, oh, I, I got to do this and I got to do that. And none of it's none of it's like stuff that I'm is, is like super important. It's yeah. just like – I could think of that when I wake up, but yeah. for some reason, my my mind just won't shut up. Yeah. And the next thing I know, I got like five hours of sleep. Yeah. It sucks. It's tough. And sleep is a black box. It's like if you don't get good sleep, your body doesn't heal. You have more obesity rates. You have more cancer. They've correlated poor sleep to every chronic disease out there, right? So yeah. it's scary. And it's scary too when you start wearing these these monitors because you're like – it makes you stressed out. I didn't sleep last night. And another, and I'm the same way. I've got a subtle sleep disorder, so I don't get into good REM sleep. So the cool thing about that is, again, with science, we can do the genetic testing that says, hey, Ben, you actually need 8.6 hours of sleep on average. And we can do it based on the genes you have and how much sleep you need. Mm-hmm. Or actually, you're a six-hour sleeper. You don't need six hours, but you need sleep six hours of deep sleep right. where you're getting right. into your deeper levels. When I do my bio stuff, I, don't, I get like three minutes of deep sleep. It's terrible. 
cool thing of that is there are some natural things you can do for sleep. You can do some magnesium. You can do some melatonin. You can do some chamomile tea. You can take to the next. There are some peptides that help you get into a deeper mm -hmm. uh, deep sleep if you have that genetic clip that you can't get deep. So, but you're right. Sleep is just so uh, underdiagnosed, and it's nobody talks about their poor sleep. Like, oh, I just had a bad night last night. But it's super important. It's serious. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I might do that tonight in the short term because, you know, I, I got to be careful with magnesium because I will get diarrhea if I take Ooh, too much of it. Yep. You know, um, try so, a little bit of melatonin. See, melatonin, yeah, I guess I could try it. You got to be consistent with it. Yeah, I got, I, maybe I'll just try like a, a small, small Get amount. Get your blue if I blocker like, glasses. Do you got those at night? No, you know, so you know what they do to me? It. Make you tired? No, it makes me like Look feel cool. like I'm car sick. Really? Yeah. If I, it's Have like you tried cookie. some different brands yet just to no, try? No, I just like my, my wife bought, my wife some, bought yeah. some. I grabbed hers and I put them on. I'm like, I don't really like this, yeah. you know. But I, what I have been doing, and I know that this this the science is out there, I have been getting much better about just putting my phone down when I lay down. And yeah. Like I did get in a habit of like, I'm going to lay down. I'm going to check some stuff, whatever. And I'm on my phone. Next thing you know, it's 45 minutes later. And I'm like, yeah. what am I doing? And then I can't go back. to I can't really get into sleep. Um, I have been reading a lot more. And that's been awesome. Yep. Um, and I will just like just watch TV. I'm like, okay, yeah. I need to get back in the habit of just like maybe just throwing on SportsCenter or just something like yeah. that. And I can I can feel a difference on the days that I do that. Like yeah. I'm ready to turn that TV off in ten minutes. Like because right. I'm like I'm tired. Yeah. Like my my eyes are getting heavy. I'm just like I don't even want to grab the remote control because I don't want to wake myself up enough to like yeah. you know. But if I look at my, if I bring my phone in the bed and and uh, I take it off my nightstand, I'll be on it for forty five minutes. Exactly. And a lot of stuff is stressful. Yeah. Even Facebook sometimes you're thinking all these their mom passed away and this happened. Oh and yeah. I'm in this. I'm getting more surgery. It's like. Stress. I don't do Facebook at night. Yeah. But you know, but sleep. Yeah, it's right. It's so important, and uh, you know, getting those things in the, the prep time before bed is so important. Like for for you or for me, that are stressful life. You got schedules. You're living doom doom doom. Take a half hour before bed. Close your eyes. Get some white space. Meditate. Deep breathe. Be grateful. You know, give some gratitude back because we all have a lot to be thankful for. And we, we really do that. We really just sit time. I'm just so thankful for my life. You know, life is good. I'm so glad my kids are healthy. Create some white space. Be creative. You know, just relax. That decreases all those stress hormones that we don't even know that we're stressed out. Like, hey, I'm pretty cool. I don't feel stressed. But you do because tomorrow you've got the deadline. You've got the show. You've got things going on. We never clear our stress. You mm -hmm. know, before bed, it's a great time to do it. And a hot bath is a good way to do it too. Light the candles. Tell the kids to go to bed. And just sit there and have some white space because your yeah, brain yeah. and your cortisol levels come down, stress hormones come down, and it gets you ready for sleep. But yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll ixnate a hot bath because I, I run too hot, and then I just lay in bed. Oh yeah, sweat. they just went away. Um, but I do I do do the cold shower thing yep. at night though. I I do like that. Uh, it sucks because it, it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But um, it's amazing how much how much better I am and ready for sleep yeah. when I take that cold shower. Yep. You know so. Um, Listen, man, this has been awesome. awesome. You're a, a wealth of knowledge. And um, so for everybody out there, Dr. B can be found at rejuvemedical.com. Is that correct? Yep. Um, yep. Any other sources to – you have your own personal website as well, right? Yeah, joelbumgarnermd.com. Okay. Rejuve Medical, it's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Yeah. That's perfect. And then two locations in Waite Park over by uh, St. Cloud. And then there's one, the newer one in Edina, correct? Edina, right, yeah. And that's what, just a year old? Not even a year yeah, old? Yeah, we used to be in Savage, a year old in, in, uh, mm -hmm. in Edina, right? Yeah. Perfect, man. Well, 
Thanks so much, man. I yeah, really, I really appreciate it. And uh, and everybody, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of Unrestricted. I want to thank Douglas and Todd Bourbon. You guys have been awesome supporting me for with everything. And uh, and kick all those other Kentucky bourbons to the curb because they can't handle uh, what what we're producing up here in Minnesota with our Douglas and Todd. I also want to thank Wexford Harbor Insurance um, for all your insurance needs. Uh, Pat Kelly and his staff can search over 40 different brands to find the best fit and value for your your team and your family, both individual and on a, on a business corporate level. So check out wexford-harbor.com slash unrestricted for that landing page. And as always, I haven't I haven't thanked Dave Yeager in a while. Dave is my my sound guy. Uh, thank you, Dave. Love you. Uh, appreciate all the all the help you give me and uh, and all the fans. Thank you very much. Uh, like uh, like this podcast if you if you can on on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, uh, all those platforms. And please leave me feedback. I've I've really enjoyed some of the feedback people have given me. Even people reaching out to me on my personal Instagram, just saying like, hey. Uh, check out the audio on this read. It wasn't it wasn't great. Or hey, could your guest be a little bit closer to the mic? Like I take all that stuff and I really do listen to it and I, and I try to make changes. So um, you know the power of the people. Uh, thank you very much. Keep the feedback co- going and uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.